Welcome to Her Story Sessions. I'm Brittany, a woman on a mission to learn more about women throughout history and to share it all with you. If you like this show, be sure to follow me. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Her Story Session and can be emailed at herstorysessionspodcast at gmail.com. During World War II, Ludmila Pavlichenko became a sniper in the Red Army, and with 309 confirmed kills, she earned the nickname Lady Death. That's the most in recorded history by a female sniper. She came from a humble background and part of the Russian Empire that is now modern-day Ukraine. She was born on July 12, 1916, to Mikhail Belov and his wife Elena Trofimovna Belova. Because of her father's job, the family moved around a lot. When she was 14, they moved to Kiev in what is now modern-day Ukraine. She described herself as a tomboy, constantly wanting to keep up with the neighborhood boys, and was a competitive athlete. After a local boy kept bragging about how good of a sharpshooter he was, she set out to prove that girls could do it just as well. So she joined a shooting club, becoming an amateur sharpshooter, earned a Voroshilov sharpshooter badge and marksman certificate. She also earned all sorts of medals at shooting competitions. She finished high school a year and a half early and got a job at an arms plant, but was determined to go to college too when it was more common for women to drop out of high school to work instead. She married Alexei Pavlichenko in 1932 when she was 16 and they had a son together. But they divorced soon after, although Ludmilla kept her ex-husband's last name. Ludmilla then enrolled in Kiev University as a history major, wanting to become a teacher. She was about to finish her bachelor's degree and planned on going to graduate school in 1941 when the Nazis invaded the Soviet Union. The Nazi troops came into Kiev and she saw the horrible things that they were doing to the citizens of her city, which made her hate the Nazis and to begin to see them as no longer human. This motivated her to put aside her teaching aspirations, and at 24, she enrolled in the army. At first, she was denied because she was a woman, but later came back with her marksman medals, and they let her join, but sent her to sniper school where she'd have to prove to herself. The officers bullied her there, and at her initiation, they handed her a gun and told her that she had to shoot two German soldiers standing in an open field. If she couldn't do it, she'd be kicked out and sent back home. But she did it killing them both with quick shots to the head. But with her cover blown, the enemy soldiers began firing back in her direction, and she called this her baptism of fire. But she survived and was officially a sniper in the Red Army. She did not count these two in her kill count, saying they didn't count because they were a test. Eventually, there would be about 2,000 female snipers in the Red Army. She first was sent to the siege of Odessa, which lasted two months. During this time, Ludmilla had 187 confirmed kills. Around this time is when she earned the nickname Lady Death. Next, she was sent to Sevastopol, where she killed 70 more, bringing her total to 257. Her superiors made her a counter-sniper, and she had the much more difficult job of taking out the enemy snipers. This involved staying in her hiding spots and not moving for an average of 15 to 20 hours until she could figure out where they were and take them out. But one took her three whole days, going without food or water the entire time. She went against 36 enemy snipers total and managed to kill every single one. During one fight, all the senior officers were killed, and after a few minutes of no one knowing what to do, Ludmilla started shouting a plan at her comrades. 
They hesitated to listen to her at first until one yelled, Cowards! Look at this woman! Pavlochenka has the balls of a man! They all then snapped into action, following her orders. Because of her, the rest of them all made it out alive. She rose through the ranks to become a lieutenant, and her reputation of now having 309 kills under her belt made it across the enemy lines, and the Germans would shout at her, threatening her or trying to bribe her to come over to their side. She found it amusing instead, thinking that if they were calling her by name, they knew who she was and were scared of her. While she saw horrific things while fighting, she also found love. She married a fellow sniper, Sergeant Major Leonid Kitsenko, but he was killed in the line of duty during the war. Ludmilla was herself shot four different times during the war, but kept fighting. She also had many bits of shrapnel embedded all over her body, until it got to the point that it was bad enough that it began to rapidly affect her health, and she was rushed to the hospital. She was honorably discharged and sent back home, where she was reunited with her son. But she wasn't quite done fighting for her country's cause just yet. Stalin was trying to convince the Allies to open a second front in Europe and had reached out to the President Franklin Roosevelt for help. At this point, the U.S. had sent troops to the Pacific, but they hadn't joined the European battles yet, and the U.S. wouldn't be able to until they had the support of the U.S. citizens. Ludmilla went to the U.S. to go on a tour to speak to audiences about her story. FDR thought that if the American men saw that even women were fighting in Russia, it would hurt their pride and motivate them. She was 25 when she arrived in 1942, becoming the first Soviet citizen to be welcomed into the White House. But the reporters didn't take her accomplishments seriously, instead asking her about if she could wear makeup on the front lines, criticizing her for not wearing makeup on tour, and that, quote, there isn't much style to her olive green uniform. They dubbed her the Girl Sniper. Another criticized the length of her uniform skirt, which was longer than the American ones, and claimed that it made her look fat. She soon snapped back at them about all of these questions, telling Time magazine, quote, I wear my uniform with honor. It has the Order of Lenin on it. It has been covered with blood in battle. And it's plain to see that with American women, what is important is whether they wear silk underwear under their uniforms. What the uniform stands for, they have yet to learn. When Malvina Lindsay, the gentler sex columnist, wrote for the Washington Post, who thought that she should make more of an effort in her appearance, wrote, Isn't it a part of military philosophy that an efficient warrior takes pride in his appearance? Isn't Joan of Arc always pictured in beautiful and shining armor? Ludmilla responded by making a statement that when you're getting shot at, you don't exactly have time to powder your nose. Eleanor Roosevelt was on tour with her and helped her with public speaking tips and taught her how to ignore the reporters. The two became good friends over the tour as well. Over time, Ludmilla became more comfortable in front of crowds and began to win people over with her stories of her home being invaded and the fighting. She made the point that women could not only fight, but were essential to the fighting. In Chicago, she stood before large crowds, chiding the men to support the Second Front. Gentlemen, she said, I am 25 years old, and I have killed 309 fascist occupants by now. Don't you think, gentlemen, that you have been hiding behind my back for too long? In response, she got a roar of support from the crowd. She also spoke about the lack of segregation in the Red Army, telling Americans that our women were on a basis of complete equality long before the war. From the first day of of the revolution, full rights were granted to the women of the Soviet Russia. One of the most important things is that every woman has her own specialty. 
That is what actually makes them as independent as men. Soviet women have complete self-respect because their dignity as human beings is fully recognized. Whatever we do, we are honored not just as women, but as individual personalities, as human beings. That is a very big word. Because we can be fully that, we feel no limitations because of our sex. That is why women have so naturally taken their places besides men in this war. After returning home, she became internationally famous and was a national symbol of the women of the USSR. She was honored in 1943 by being featured on a Russian postage stamp. She finished her college education, getting a master's degree in history, but took a position as a research specialist for the Soviet Navy rather than going to teach as she had planned before the war. She remarried and settled back down into her hometown of Kiev. She passed away in 1972 at 58 years old after suffering from a stroke. That's all for today, and thank you for attending this Her Story session. 